Hi, this is Bobby Duran with Frontier Outfitting in New Mexico. And this is Paul Neese with Vortex Optics up in uh, Verona, Wisconsin. You are listening to the Shields Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shields Outdoors Podcast. Mike Anderson here, and I'm going to start this thing out with an exciting announcement. We've teamed up with Vortex Optics to give away a muzzleloader elk hunt in New Mexico with Frontier Outfitting. And that's what this segment's all about. This giveaway is going on now through September 25th. You can register by going to shields.com slash VIP hunt or click the link in the description of this podcast. We're joined by Bobby Ray Duran of Frontier Outfitting and Paul Neese of Vortex Optics. These are the two guys that are going to be making this hunt happen for the lucky winner. We're going to dive into what this hunt is all about. And when I say hunt, I mean the entire experience down to lodging, meals, even taxidermy is covered. Bobby, Paul, thank you for joining us today. We're happy to to be here. Uh, We're really looking forward to this hunt. It's going to be an exciting deal. Um, We've, you know, we've worked with Frontier for many years. Uh, Great outfit. They have a tremendous hunting territory. Uh, this is a special hunt, you know, it's, uh, Bobby can elaborate a little bit on the unit and what sort of potential guys can find there, but we're, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to sponsor everything on the hunt. This includes tags, lodging, meals, travel, taxidermy, really everything involved in the hunt. The only thing the hunter will have to bring along is just his boy, his own personal gear. Um, Bobby, I might let you talk a little bit about the hunting unit that we're going to be in down there. Yeah, Bobby, go ahead. Yeah. Please, you know, just, it's, you know, start by telling us a little bit about yourself, what you have going on down there at Frontier Outfitting. So, yeah, my name is Bobby Duran. I've been guiding for Frontier Outfitting for over 10 years. The outfitter is GT Nunn. Frontier Outfitting is based out of central New Mexico. We do all Western big game species that New Mexico has to offer, uh, specializing in elk, mule deer, bighorn sheep, pronghorn. We do all the exotic species that New Mexico has, like oryx, owdad, and ibex. And we also do uh, dry ground lion hunts and bear hunts as well. Wow. So you got a little bit of something for everyone there. Can you just tell us a little bit about the accommodations you guys have at Frontier Outfitting? Yeah. So mostly we use a ranch house as our hunting lodge. Uh, It's a really nice four-bedroom house, uh, got a big living room, big screen TV, pool table. Uh, that's m- our main hunting lodge, and most likely that's where this hunt winter will be staying. Um, but we're open to whatever makes the hunt most successful and in the most comfortable way we can. So it, let's say we find an elk that we need to go after that's just too far of a drive from the camp and and we need to spike out uh you know a night or two we we have everything possible for that whether it's wall tents with cots 
or, uh, you know, maybe even renting a hotel somewhere that would get us closer. These units can be really big. So depending on where we hunt, you know, it, it might require something out of the box that we're used to. Uh, Paul's mostly stayed at our ranch house every time. Uh, we also have, you know, camping trailers, wall tents, anything that we need to make the hunt the most successful for the hunter, but then also comfortable as well. And included, you know, all transportation that the guide, myself, or any other help, you know, we have side-by-sides, uh, four-wheelers. We have a corral full of horses at base camp if we absolutely need to have horses to get into an area or to get an elk out. Um, we, you know, the options are unlimited to, to make the hunt work and be the most successful. Can you kind of just explain what the what the terrain is like and, uh, you know, what the elk hunting is like down there in New Mexico? You know, I've never been there before, but I've heard there's some, you know, there's some good bulls and some great hunting. Yeah, the terrain can vary. It's, it's southwestern New Mexico. It can be down on the desert floor. You can be up in the high, alp, not alpine, but up in the high forest, conifers, ponderosa pine even some aspens mixed in there it depends you know where in the unit that we are hunting in um both units that this hunt could take place in has every kind of terrain to find the best elk hunting and these units are primitive weapon only so they've always just been muzzleloader and bow um and that's what's kind of kept them special as far as the trophy quality the hunting pressure uh, these muzzleloader hunts are typically not done in the rut. They're mid-October, and there's one in late November. So a lot of the hunt is spot and stock, a lot of glassing, a lot of looking at bulls that are not with cows that are not rutting, and then finding a opportunity to get a shot on one, which a lot of times results in having to use you know, a long-range muzzleloader or using the terrain to try to get you close. We're not calling these elk in at all. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty crazy the the advancements in technology and muzzle loaders over the past, you know, 10 years or so. I mean, before, you know, you're thinking, you know, get within a hundred yards, 150 is a stretch, but now, now you're talking, you know, you put a good, you know, you put a good set of, of vortex optics on there and, you know, you're shooting, 450 plus on some of these muzzle loaders now so it seems it seems pretty wild you know you call it you call it primitive weapon but uh i don't know 450 yards is all that primitive uh, anymore no they you know they've really kind of evolved into really you know something pretty close to a single shot centerfire rifle capability you know it's pretty amazing the the gains even in the last two years or so have been pretty interesting Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, but, you know, kind of going back to this hunt, what has me really intrigued is just like the tag structure as you were talking about the, the primitive weapon zones, you know, one of the best ways to really get quality animals is in, in the area is to remove rifle from the equation because, you know, you just have to get a lot closer and your, you know, your success rate tends to drop, but, you know, if you're out there every day, if you know what you're doing, if you're scouting these animals, it can just really tip the odds in your favor for a high quality bull. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Bobby can attest. I mean, he's, I've been down there a number of times hunting with the guys and had a great time every time and seen some really nice bulls. But, uh, you know, Bobby can attest, these guys have killed some tremendous bulls out of this unit in the past. So the, 
the you know no it's hunting so there's no guarantees of course but the potential is there to you know to see some pretty special elk Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in your hunting style there. You know, you, you kind of mentioned that, you know, you don't really do a lot of calling at the, at this point, you know, it's going to be a late season muzzleloader hunt. And, you know, I've been elk hunting a few times, but it's always been like early season, you know, kind of the start of the rut sort of thing. And, you know, doing a lot of cow calling and stuff like that. So what is your, what is your sort of strategy when you approach the late season hunt? Yeah, I think the main thing that we focus on is primary glassing. Uh, you know, we, we're hunting these units during the bow hunt. So a lot of these elk, we've already located them prior to the season. We've already been hunting in there in archery when they're rutting. And then we know where these elk go when they break off of the cows. And that's the main part of having the experience in this unit is the elk tend to do the same thing year after year whether it's the same bull or not typically we know where the elk go once they break off for the rut then we know where they start to transition into the winter country and we know where to start glassing and and looking for them during the certain times of of the month and of the season Um, but primarily we're focused on glassing and you know getting to our high spots and getting to where we can look into these big nasty canyons and paul can attest to that it's it's rough country in some of this where these bulls go into winter and get away from everything and um we've had difficult weather at times a lot of times it's pretty decent weather pretty warm in october it can be cold in the mornings you know you're sitting there glassing all day but paul's been out there where we just had a blizzard out of nowhere and we've been trying to hunt elk in a foot of snow um but but a lot of glassing, you know, we use big optics out west. Uh, I carry 12s, 12 by 50 Razor 8 UHDs on my chest at all times. I have a pair of 18 by 56 UHDs in my backpack. We have, you know, Razor spotting scopes. It's a, a lot of sitting in one place looking at a lot of elk and then finding the one you want. A lot of these elk can be broken during that time of the year, and so you're, you're judging them from far. And Paul's been with me where we've sat in one place for a morning or an afternoon and seen up to 30 different bulls from that one vantage point. And then you just kind of find the one you want to focus on. And then the challenge is trying to get a shot and it doesn't always work out. And and Paul's been there plenty of times on some really big elk where we just could not get a shot. You know, we couldn't get cross Canyon and close enough to, shoot with the muzzle loader so that meant you had to come on the same hillside that the elk was on and that can get pretty tough and you either blow them out of there or you just can't get a shot done and and we've had that happen plenty of times Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's that's definitely the highs and the lows of hunting yeah you can't you know just because you see them it doesn't mean you can always get to them there are times and as bobby pointed out um, there's some pretty, pretty rugged country in this unit. You know, it's, it's got some very steep places in it. I know, you know, as a guy from Vortex, one of the things that we really like is the fact that it is a glassing type of hunt. So we get a chance to bring someone down there and, and, and get them behind glass and spend a lot of time using it and really learn to appreciate, you know, the advantage that good glass will make for you. Um, not all elk hunting is 
you know, is as glassing intensive as this is. So it's been a really good fit for us over the years to do this on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, question for you, Bobby, how much time do you spend with your binoculars versus your spotting scope? And do you find that, you know, like with a really good set of glass, can you get away with just binoculars or are you always having a spotting scope in your pack? Most glassing is done just purely with the 15 or the 12, anywhere from 12, 15 or 18. You know, we, we run all big glass and, and a lot of this, some of the area is burned and it's pretty easy to find elk in it unless they're bedded in the heavy timber in which we've had success finding elk where they can get, cause there's a lot of unburned area where it, it's hard to try to look into the trees and find them in, you know, these little pockets or you'll see a flash of one walk through and you spend the next hour trying to get a look at it. And, uh, but the spotting scope is key to try to get in and be able to size up the elk from distance and, you know, make sure it's one that we want to go after, make sure it's not broken. I mean, cause when we're talking long distance, there's times where we're looking at elk that are almost up to five miles away. Okay. Um, that's a, so that's a bit of a jaunt. <laughs> yeah. And, and just knowing the range and, and the terrain, yeah, I would say it's not uncommon that, that we can spot elk, you know, anywhere from, from two to five miles away and make a decision, you know, if it's something we want to pursue. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like having, having a good set of binoculars to do the initial location of the elk and then, uh, you know, really pull out the spotting scope to get a real good look at them and determine if that's one you actually want to chase. Yeah, for sure. And, and, um, you know, Paul can contest with that about it. It's definitely a glassing hunt and, and it's not always a long range hunt. That can be the thing too, is it's so hard to get shot sometimes. You know, we have taken a few long range elk with Paul and, you know, with my muzzle loader, which is equipped with a vortex scope on it. And I, I believe our furthest elk we've ever killed was 499 yards. And, but our closest was at 80 yards. Um, so we, uh, we don't always have to take a long range shot on one. Very right. Cool. Yeah. Well, you have the, you have the ability to do it with these rifles, but as in, you know, all hunting, if you have the opportunity to come in closer, you're always trying to do that. It's just gonna, you know, be a, a, a little greater assurance of success if a guy can get in a little bit closer, but it doesn't always work out. You know, having the, the long range ability is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really all about finding that balance point, you know, like getting close where you feel, you know, very comfortable in your in your shooting zone, but, uh, you know, not getting too close and uh, getting too aggressive as you educate the animals. And, you know, that, uh, you know, that changes a lot with how many are in front of you, you know, like if you're hunting them when they're all herded up versus when they're broken apart a little bit. So it's just all about, you know gauging the situation and, and kind of making the proper moves based off of that. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So Paul, um, you know, as we've gathered so far, you've been, uh, you've been hunting with Bobby and frontier outfitting for a decent amount of time now. Um, you know, can you kind of talk about what initially drew you into the place and, and what sort of keeps you coming back? 
Well, I think what you know, Bobby and I met many years ago at a at an RMEF show in Texas, and you know we had we had lots of common interest and really stayed in touch ever since. And we've, you know, we've uh, as Vortex has grown and becoming a bigger and more recognized company. Uh, Bobby's been a great pro staff member for us as, as of course, well as being a professional guide and, and he's also worked for the U S fish and wildlife. So he's a very well-rounded guy with a lot of contacts in the industry. Um, I had a particular interest because in my prior life before vortex, I spent, I was a professional guide in the state of Idaho and I spent a lot of time sheep hunting in Idaho. We guided sheep hunters up there. And of course, uh, GT Non and Frontier is really the premier bighorn sheep outfitter in the state of New Mexico. Uh, every high profile client in the state, I would say, pretty much hunts with Frontier. And, and so Bobby and I had a lot in common with that sheep hunting background. And, you know, it just was a, a great basis to become friends. And then as Vortex grew and got bigger, and we started wanting to take um, you know, important guests and VIPs on various hunts. It was just sort of a natural thing to get together with Bobby and, and learn about the elk hunting opportunities they had there. And uh, especially these, you know, these units that don't have rifle hunting, we knew it would be a good trophy opportunity. And so it just, you know, it kind of evolved into it. And uh, it's been a great ever since worked out really well. We've taken lots of nice bulls with, with Frontier. All right, that's great to hear. So I'm uh, I'm curious about your favorite story with uh, with Frontier Outfitting. Do you have one that comes to mind of a favorite hunt? <laughs> I I do, and I, I you know it may be one that that Bobby has also. I won't I won't name names, but it was uh, a young gal that was uh, worked for a large uh, large Vortex dealer and very interested in hunting. She came down there and we, you know, we had a great hunt. We did a lot of looking and, and eventually found a tremendous bull that uh, we really wanted to get her on. And it was, uh, it was just kind of a neat hunt. You know, Bobby accompanied her. I sat up on a ridge on the far side. The bull was actually down below me on the slope. I couldn't see him but I could look across and it was kind of this open sort of burned rocky terrain. And I could watch Bobby and, and the gal working their way into shooting position. And it was pretty exciting. You know, I knew they were getting closer and closer and eventually I got to watch and, you know, they're settled in and I can see they're getting ready for the shot and I'm watching through a spotting scope and, you know, and eventually they, they shoot and shoot and, she does a great job. You know, she pulls off a long cross Canyon shot and Bobby can fill in a few more of the details, but you know, I knew that that bull was right underneath me getting shot and then eventually worked down and sure enough, we got him. He was a tremendous bull, beautiful animal. Very cool. It's, you know, that's, that's a ton of fun when you're hunting in groups like that. It's, you know, you don't necessarily need to be the shooter to have an incredible memory, you know, just being able to watch that through the spotting scope. And what's even cooler is like, you don't even see the animal. You don't know quite how big it is, but you know, you can see like them starting to make moves and, uh, and, and then like the expressions, you can almost tell like if they got it or not, if they're, you know, jumping up and high fiving or like oh. looking and going to glass, like, okay, that bull's over the next ridge. What are we going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you could, 
you know, when you're sitting there watching, you can just read that body language. You know when the, you know, the, the shot is getting, you know, I could tell when I, I knew within minutes that she was getting ready to shoot. So it was it was really about as exciting as if I were right there with them. Very cool. So, Bobby, now I'm I'm extremely curious from the guide slash hunting point of view on this. You know, like we've heard from, uh, you know, we've heard from Paul, the 10,000 foot view from the spotting scope. But where is it from the ground level? Can you tell us the story from your end? Yeah, and I have to agree with Paul. I think that was probably my most memorable hunt, you know, with the with Vortex and with Paul. And just so you know, I don't want to jinx it, but we are five for five for elk with Paul and and Vortex Hunters. And we have taken four Aldad, you know, Barberry sheep in Texas uh, as well. So Paul and I have been together on on quite a few hunts. Great successful Um, record. But yeah, that the girls hunt, it was it was awesome. And just the fact that she didn't come from a hunting background. She had never harvested an animal before. Um, she was confident in her shooting and, and so was I. And we actually were on the bull at first light and I had actually chased this bull with another client the week before and I couldn't get it killed. So as soon as Paul and her came to camp, we knew right where we were going. We found the bull the night before the opening day and we were on him. And I set her up, and it was a far shot, and it, the bull was bedded down right at first light, and she actually shot right over the top of his back. And we were able to relocate him and get back on him, and we almost had another shot at about 9.30 that morning, and he bedded down in, in this little thicket, and we couldn't. we knew he was in there. We could see a piece of him, but we couldn't shoot. And the hill we were on, we were fully exposed. There was no shade. It was really steep, so you couldn't lay down prone because it would have been too steep. Um, So we had to set her up kind of sitting down with my backpack in a bush. It was really awkward um, for her to shoot that way. And we ended up sitting on that bull, and I think she finally shot him at almost 4 o'clock that afternoon. So we sat there in the sun all day in the gun didn't want to move didn't want to let him get away and it was still about a 325 yard shot across this canyon she dropped him with the first shot and then uh we went ahead and put a few more in him just to make sure he was anchored and uh the the whole story it was just awesome we had to quarter him up that night walked out of there in the dark it was a really long walk back to where we parked the truck because we didn't expect him to be in that area after we had missed him and then uh we went back in the next morning and and packed him out and she was very active in all of it helping quarter meat bone it out carry it out um she was definitely all hands on deck for the whole part of it and yeah just ended up being a great bull i think he scored in you know somewhere in the 360s range well that's a solid um, bull <laughs> he was yeah it was awesome yeah yeah Oh, very cool. And, and you know, that's, you know, that's one good thing about hunting with an outfitter. You know, like if you haven't done it before, if you're not a hundred percent confident, you know, as long as, as long as you can shoot, you know, go with someone, learn the ropes and, uh, you know, like you can just, you know, be there to absorb all that information, pick it all up. You know, like you guys have been doing your homework, you've been on elk, 
you know, it's just, it really tips the odds in your favor and just, you know, learning to learning to know how to do it just makes you so much more of a better and well-rounded hunter. Yeah, it definitely does. I was going to say what, you know, if I were offering suggestions to someone coming on this hunt is, you know, as the the guides are going to, they're going to handle the hunting strategy for you. And they're going to, they're going to tell you how to find elk and how about how to go about stalking the elk. But the, there are a couple of things a hunter can do to really up his odds, even with an outfitted hunt. And, you know, the first and most basic thing is really to try to get yourself in a, as decent shape as you can. You know, it's, it can involve some hiking and climbing and every bit of fitness that you have is, is going to up your odds of success on these hunts. And then the other thing is, you know, taking some time at the range and, and, and being a competent rifle shot. That's something anybody can work on, whether you live in the mountains or the flatlands, anybody can find a, you know, a range to do some shooting at. But those, you know, those two things really are, they're sort of out of control of the guides. You know, the guides have to, have to hope the hunters are going to do their best to, to chip in on their part of the success of the hunt. And, and those two things are pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, and it makes a ton of sense. You know, I, I live here in Fargo, North Dakota, flat as a pancake USA, but you know, I can still get myself hunt ready for a Western hunt, you know, get out there, do, do some cardio, walk some stairs, get yourself, uh, you know, get yourself your pack and then throw some weight in it and get out and start working. And then, you know, get to the range and, and shoot with your weapon of choice and make sure you're, you know, you know, fully confident in, in whatever situation is going to be in front of you. And then you're just going to be a lot more successful because, you know, outfit or not, if you're willing to walk farther than anybody else, it's going to be helpful for you. It does. Yeah. And, you know, and and I don't want to scare anybody off by those comments either. You know, I'm sure Bobby can attest. They've, they've hunted with a wide range of, of clients and physical abilities. And no matter, you know, there are ways to work with anyone, but the, you know, the guys that can get themselves in a little better shape, it just ups your odds of success. Mm-hmm. And hunts like this can give, can give somebody the motivation to really start working out too. You know, like I, I know that, you know, I've got, I've got an elk hunt coming up. Like I'm super excited for it. It's just kind of that little extra step to push you to, to you know, to jog that extra mile that week or, you know, eat a little bit better. So it can, it can be really be a good thing. Yeah, I completely agree. I've always felt having the tag in hand is a great motivator to to get yourself in a little better shape for the fall. Mm-hmm, 100%. So, you know, one lucky winner is going to be winning this, uh, you know, this hunt with Frontier Outfitting and Shields and Vortex. Uh, you know, we've d- we dove a little bit into what the hunt would be like and, uh, you know, kind of what to expect. You know, register for this at, uh, you know, shields.com slash vip hunt and you know bobby paul thank you so much for joining us today oh it's been great to be here and and i'm getting excited even just chatting about this i'm really looking forward to meeting the winner and uh diving into this hunt in the fall Mm -hmm, absolutely we look forward to just following along and seeing how it goes i bet i bet Mm -hmm. yeah yeah thanks for the opportunity and Anybody interested can go to uh, Frontier Outfitting's website, and Facebook is also another one that we kind of keep more up to date. Uh, Try to be the best we can, social media and 
hunting outfitters aren't always the the best match, but we try our best to keep it up to date in the last few years and people can go on there and kind of see what, what we're about and kind of what is in store for you if you win this hunt. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And we'll have, we'll have all that stuff linked in the description of this podcast too. So if, uh, you know, if anyone's curious about, you know, booking a hunt with frontier outfitting, uh, you know, just head to the, head to the description of this podcast and it'll be linked right there. You can check out the trophy room, can see all the amenities, pricing, all that, all that fun stuff. So again, thank you very much for joining us today and, uh, you know, look forward to seeing, seeing what happens with this giveaway. Awesome. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Yep. Thank you, too. We are also looking forward to it at Vortex. You just heard our conversation with Bobby Duran of Frontier Outfitting and Paul Neese of Vortex Optics on our VIP hunt giveaway, which is going on now through mid-September. Make sure to get yourself registered by going to shields.com slash VIP hunt or by clicking the link in the description of this podcast. While you're at it, make sure to be following our Shields Outdoors social media pages for updates like when these giveaways are launching along with a ton of great outdoor information, product highlights, and everything the outdoor enthusiasts would need to know about. And with that, we want to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.